Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 4th, 2016. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 28, the very first paragraph. Today's readers are Rita P. on the 12 Steps, Naomi B., 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Rachel N.M., Deb W., and Julie R. The reference number for Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016, is 8433. Number 8433. Our preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Rita P. to read our 12 steps. Good morning. This is Rita P., compulsive overeater in Arkansas. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take a personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
Number 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank, Thank you, you. Pass. Thank you, Rita P. And now I will ask Naomi B. to read our 12 traditions. Thank you, Anita. Thank you for your service. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted service. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven. Every OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, and I pass. Thank you very much, Naomi. And this is um, time to explain how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence uh, requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And I'm really putting some emphasis on that this morning and remembering to uh, remute your phone after sharing. Today we are resuming our study of the big book and we are on page 28. 
and we are reading the very, very first paragraph, beginning with, we in our turn sought the same escape, and we will be reading and commenting only on that paragraph. And I will ask Rachel N.M. to begin our reading. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. Can you hear me okay, Anita? Yes, I can. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for a living that really works. I am excited about this paragraph because that is um, truly my testimony. Um, as a compulsive reader and anorexic, I am really good at, at complicating things. And um, the same escape that, that they're speaking of is the escape that's um, mentioned in the 12th step that is, uh, is our, our transformation that was uh, referred to in page 27 and um, through the 12 steps, a transformation that happened to the 12 steps. And what I really like is the design for living because as I complicate things, I realize that there's in my past there was no problem with God, the God of my understanding. There was no problem with God. There was no problem with the things that I had been taught about living. The problem was that I complicated things. And now with the 12 steps, I no longer have to complicate things. But there's a clear way for me to um, to go about life and be at peace with God and my fellow man by the grace of God. And I am very thankful for what I've received through this program. I will pass. Thank you very much for leading us off, uh, Rachel. And now, who would like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Wait, just I got uh, Melissa saying. Julie R. and Bella. Kim J. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm new. I'm not as proficient in this shit. Kim, Kim G. and Melissa C., but there was somebody before Melissa. Debbie P. Uh, Debbie P. Yes. Okay, Debbie P. And then I heard after Kim G. Was there somebody? Suzanne K. Suzanne K. All right, may we just stop right there and we'll we'll go with Julie, uh, Bella, De- uh, Deb, Debbie, Melissa, Kim G. And Suzanne K. All right, please go ahead, Julie. Hi, thank you. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. There's so much in this paragraph, but first when it talks about that we are going to, you know, look, seek for that same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. I mean, I was dying in all areas of my life before I I came to OA. And then every time that I would um, not work the program and you know, becoming emotionally, spiritually, physically dead, I came back and it was like everything opened up for me again. 
in a design for living, what does that mean? It doesn't say anything about the food because the food is already gone, done. There's nothing, no obsession, no do I eat this, do I don't. The neutrality is there. It's a design for living. How do I live today by being duly authentic, which would be kind, loving, compassionate? I could only have become this new, authentic Julie by working these steps and having that spiritual awakening. I have to work hard at this program because if I don't, I'm going to lose. But the exciting thing is is that I will never have to worry about compulsively overeating or wanting to overeat as long as I do the things that I did yesterday, have continued to have my relationship with God. So a design for living is living in those 10, 11, and 12 steps, the growth steps. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Julie. And Bella, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Anita, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. A design of living. Wow. It's so, it's so nice, and it's so strong. Uh, well, since I am in the program, and since I am living the 12 steps 24-7, I, I am living, and thank you, God, I am living according to my purpose. Yes, God created me as a human being, and therefore I am not perfect, and I will never be perfect. And my design of living you know, I have my challenges, and I have my feelings, sometimes not the comfortable feelings, and yes, I am doing mistakes, and yes, I have my character defects, and by leaving the 12 steps, it doesn't mean that my character defects will be gone. It means that I am human, and I accept and admit that I am powerless, and I am willing to learn, to learn from everybody all the time. And yes, I am, I am aware that I have my character defects and I have to work on them. And thank you, God, that now I am connected to a loving and accepting power and not to my ego power. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Bella G. And Debbie, uh, please go ahead. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Good morning, everyone. Um, uh, my name is Debbie T. I'm a compulsive overeater from Ohio. And I just re- when we read this yesterday, my I just wanted to crawl out of my skin and scream. I have here it is written all over this page. Um, and I am fairly new to vision. I came in in October, um, but oh my gosh, um, I'm sorry. Okay, has I just want to read on this one. Uh, what seemed at first as a flimsy read has proven to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given to us. If you prefer a design for living, that really works. And here it is. Um, it doesn't like like how beautifully said the first share that it doesn't talk about alcohol. It doesn't talk about food. Like we put that down 
we put that down in the doctor's opinion. When I learned about that allergy, I put it down, and I can't live. Like, that's my problem. It's, I don't know how to live. And I'm so grateful that God has shown me and led me into these rooms and led me to these books and, and has given me a vision sponsor and brought me um, to my knees of I, I can't, oh, it's not about the food. Like how exciting that it's not about the food. And I can say that now, and I've heard it over and over and over and over again in the rooms and stay abstinent and do what you've got to do and don't eat no matter what and don't pick up and, I just thought it was about the food. I would text somebody, you know, try to text somebody every night, you know, in big caps, I'm abstinent today, and that's what it was about. It was just about being abstinent. And once I put down all of the food, all of the food, and got honest, that was it. That day, that day is when he came in and said, the, here's, now here's the real problem is that you can't live, and it's, it's just written out for me now. Now it's not hard now, now I don't have to think about the food. I don't talk about the food with my sponsor. You know, I talk about I can't live, and, and that's a beautiful thing, that surrender, that we cannot live. But guess what? There's a designer, and there is um, a, now a design for living. And I can, I can just come here and humbly come before God every morning like, I can't do this, and you've written this out for me. So I can do this. So I just thank everybody for being out here and, and all of us as this is big family. And I love you guys so much. I hope everybody has a wonderful morning. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Debbie T. from Ohio. And um, Melissa C., correct? Please go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Yes, it's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I just, I think it's just so powerful when, when we hear drowning, you know, that when that's referred to, because it really sums it up for me. You know, I was drowning. I was dying. And, um, you know, and for a long time, um, you know, I thought I had this still. And so I didn't reach for that flimsy breed, you know, and I guess I wasn't truly drowning them. But when you're really drowning, you know, you don't make conditions for the thing that's going to save you. Stop trying to um, get your way in the program. And that's really, you know, when it happened for me, when I just was truly drowning um, and desperate. And, and then I grabbed what looked like a flimsy reed, what seemed like, you know, in some ways it just didn't seem like it made sense. You I mean, if I'm going to do these things, I'm gonna not want to eat. I, like it didn't, it didn't click um, until I was really in desperation. And then, yeah, you do these things. You reach out for what seems like, um, you know, just doesn't seem like it could really save you. And yet, there it is. It's the hands of God. And um, you know, and so my design for living today. Um, <laughs> You know, when I first came in, I didn't think I needed a new design for living. And um, But when you're drowning, you're happy to grab a new design for living. And so, you know, my design for living today is, uh, yes, complete uh, abstinence, complete honesty. I need to be honest um, in all my affairs. I need to 
reach out to other people, you know, have humility, not be um, full of my ego. I need to trust God, um, you know, and make conscious contact. That's my design for living. And um, thank you. With that, with that, I do have peace. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Melissa. And Kim G, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. What seemed at first a flimsy read has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. And whew, I love that. You know, for many years in OA, I would come in and out and relapse and come back. And, and when I became a student of the big book, what I, one of the things I did is I had to look at my old ideas, examine my old ideas. What was my belief about step two? And step two, to me, meant I had to have a belief in God. I had to define that God. I would do exercises where I would have God put an application in, and I would decide whether to hire God or not and give him qualities. And what I realized now is I was playing God. That's what I was doing by telling God who he was. In step two, if we could truly just say we're powerless in step one and God is the answer in step two, then we would simply have a two-step program. We wouldn't need the rest of the steps. So this sentence to me really describes why I need to do this work. You know, the flimsy read is step two. Step two is simply do you need a power? Not can you define it, not if you believe in it, but do you need a power? And my powerlessness in step one proved to me I needed a power. That loving and powerful hand of God is step 11. That's when I get access to that power. So how do I go from the flimsy reed to the loving and powerful hand of God? How is that proven? By working steps 3 through 10. That's how I become unblocked. We learn and we agnostic that God is deep down in every single one of us. That belief in a power is there, and I have blocked it. And the steps of 4 through 9, the actual action steps, Help me uncover and discard and get rid of those things that are blocking me from that power. And in step 11, I get access to that power. So quite simply, step one is the conclusion that I am powerless. I thought I had to work on step one. I work on step one in the convenience store parking lot, binging my brains out. I come to that conclusion of step one. And then in step two, I come to the conclusion in my powerlessness that I need a power. So for me personally, I spent a lot of wasteful time working step two, trying to define step two, trying to get a relationship with God in step two. If I could do that, I wouldn't need to come to these rooms. I wouldn't need to work these steps. So once again, just to say it again, what seemed at first a flimsy read, step two has proved through steps three through ten to be the loving and powerful hand of God in step 11. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kim G. And Suzanne K., you are now up. Thank you so much. My name is Suzanne K. from New Jersey, and thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everybody. I was listening about um, the uh, the read and, um, and the drowning, and um, I wasn't even realized that I was at that point just drowning. Um, and in my food, in my drugs of choices and other things. I mean, you're, you're telling me I need to have a new design for living, but all I know or all I knew was I was being reckless and I was being foolish and I'm making all the wrong decisions and, it just, and I had trouble 
living that healthful life with being peaceful and calm and serene. And you're telling me if I just come in here and try to do this, these simple steps, and believe in something that will at least give me a start and then follow directions. So it, that's something I have trouble with because I feel I know everything. So why am I going to follow your directions? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, what do you know? And the truth is you, I know nothing, and this program is teaching me every day how I need to change so that I can have a new design for a living. But that's hard because all I know all my life was the way I used to, to behave and act and eat and stuff things. So, um, but I'm grateful that I can see there is a way out. So we don't have to drown anymore. We really can work and help each other. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Suzanne Kay. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Tina S. Vasa O. Tina S. and Vasa Rachel. Rachel W. Rachel W. and Renata. Lynette. And Helene. H-E-L-E-N-E. Uh, spell that again. H-E-L-E-N-E. Oh, Helene. Helene, yes. Very pretty name. What, who else? Lynn S. And Lynn S. All right, let's go with that six. And Rakesha Z. All right. Okay, I'll throw you in. All right, okay, so Tina, Tina S., Vasa O., Rachel W., Renata, Helene, uh, Lynn S., ending here with Rakesset. Tina S., please start us off. Thanks, Nita. Tina S., uh, compulsive eater anorexic from Florida. Wow, I love this paragraph. You know, for a long time I came in uh, believing that I was God, not necessarily knowing that, but uh, wanting to run the whole show. And, and I could really relate in this paragraph. It says, you know, so we thought that we in our turn sought the same escape. What escape? You know, what we're seeking is that spiritual experience. That was the escape that made Roland a free man. And, um, you know, and the only way, my, and this is my experience, the only way I'm able to experience that spiritual experience is through the 12 steps. And, you know, uh, other people do it different ways, but this is what works for me. So that's what I can share on. And, and I became a free woman, you know, through the 12 steps. And, and I love the, the way that uh, Bill writes, you know, a flimsy read. You know, it's insubstantial. You know, and initially for me, the belief that power greater than myself, whom I choose to call God today, was insubstantial. You know, and, uh, and through my experience, you know, the, um, his his loving hand, you know, it proved to be, um, you know, the way out for me. And, and the, you know, demonstration, that's how it was proved for me. You know, it wasn't any other way. You know, it was my experience. And, you know, a new life was given us. I like the way they put that. A new life was given us. You know, I didn't get a new life. It was given to me, you know. And that is a design for living that really works, you know. And, and the truth of the matter is that it really works. But I've got to do the deal. You know, there's some stuff to be done. You know, I can't just sit back and let it happen because that does not work for me. Anyway, uh, just some powerful stuff, and I heard some really, really good shares. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you very much. And just a reminder uh, to keep muted until it's your turn to speak. And um, all right, Vasa, oh, you are up next. 
Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Anita, for your service. And I am Vasa. Oh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And yet, oh, this is such a small little paragraph, but there's just so much in there. I was drowning in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, but I didn't even know that. I didn't understand that part. I I was digging my own grave with uh, a spoon and a fork. I was dying gradually. I did not even know about food addiction. I didn't know about eating disorders. I really did not know. This was 30 years ago, so it was not... Or maybe I didn't hear it. I mean, now you hear it on TV. You hear it everywhere, you know, about food. And, uh, again, I came to the end of myself. There was nothing more for me to try out there. And I was, you know, I was was taught by my sponsor. She said, there's no way out of it, Vasa. You just have to surrender to a higher power and just to get help, you know. And I was just so, so ready and so willing at that time. You know, I just didn't want to die. And, but I I couldn't even imagine living without the food. Uh, it, I, you know, it was just, I couldn't even imagine to put it, I couldn't even put it a day at a time anymore, you know. But again, I was ready and willing to surrender. And uh, a new life was given to me, this program. I thank God for bringing me to Overeaters Anonymous. I thank God for giving the 12 steps. And this is the recipe. This is the, you know, it's all given right here if I just follow the directions. So I just, you know, I can't, there's there's just so much I want to share, but I know we are limited, and I just have found the peace, the joy that I never had by putting the food down. You know, going through the allergy, going through the withdrawals, you know, understanding what the mental obsession was, it's just, it's all here. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you very much. And um, Rachel W., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive, a reader calling from New York. Um, what seemed at first a flimsy read. You know, in my experience, um, when I was in the, <clears throat> sorry, when I was living in uh, the hell of relapse, especially, um, when I tried to reach out to God, there there was nothing there. I mean, it was, I, I didn't sense any, even a flimsy read. And um, it was all because of my perspective and how blocked I was. Um, and instead, I felt more like um, I was swinging from a vine and I needed to let go of one, but I didn't see another one. And um, at that at that point, you know, when it's time to, um, you know, believe in something else, you know, and, 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 you know, you come from step one into step two, um, it's all about letting go of that vine and doing a free fall. And for me, um, this is about, this is about the step two experience of, of, you know, anyone that's put down the food, any, any person that switched their higher power from food to something else has had a spiritual experience. That's that's what it is. And 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 you know, for me, it's it's all about going back into step two, which is um, when we talk about this new design for living. What is this design? You know, for me, um, it was coming into the steps, doing that free fall, and saying, you know, I'm willing to believe there's a power greater than me. That power 
is is God, but works through other people. Works works through my sponsor and my fellowship, and and um and then you know I I can come to a place of pull, going through the steps with that firm power higher power base set in step two. I can work my way through the steps when I need to give over all of the steps. You know, um, after that, I can come back to my higher power and give it over. And um, I just want to end off by saying, for me, it's a constant. The design for living is constantly going back and 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 reaffirming the attributes that my higher power does have. You know, everything needed that I need in my life. That my high, my higher power and spiritual base is larger than anything else going on in my life. And that new design for living is what keeps me um, abstinent and, and working this program. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rachel W. And Renata G., it is your turn. Renata? Hi, Anita. It was not me. Thank you, though. Oh, oh, I must be hearing things. I'm sure I am. Thank you. <laughs> well, then, yeah. it's Helene. Helene? Helene. H-E-L-E-N-E. I'm here. Thank you. I'm Helene, uh, committed to my abstinence and recovery. Yes, may I have the first initial of your last name? L. L. And from what state, Helene? New York. New York. All right, please go ahead. Uh, I'm abstinent over 40 years a day at a time. I came into this program um, the week before I had almost jumped out of a four-story window on the west side of Manhattan. And it's it's true, when when you're dying and have no hope, um, that's when I was ready to try something else, even though I thought it wouldn't work. And I remember going to my first meeting, and there was only one person, no one else showed up, and the door was locked. But she, uh, I'm getting chills as I'm telling this story because I haven't said it in a while. And she sat with me on steps. And basically what she told me, I have a vague idea of what she looked like. What she gave me a sense of is that there was hope because I just had felt hopeless. Um, I stopped caring about my body. I was 50 pounds overweight. Um, I just didn't see how my life would get any better. And by the way, I have a son who's going through a very challenging time now. So uh, slowly I... I came into the meeting and the meetings and what I couldn't understand is people being cheerful when I felt so bad. And I think I had uh, gone to a therapist at that time too and I couldn't even share really with anyone. Um, And at that time we could take soda bottles into the meeting. So I would keep popping my shasters and my soda because I was so scared. I, you know, I have a, um, you know, I'm a keynote speaker now. I have a, <laughs> a very successful business. But at that time, I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't know the words for what I felt. And slowly, I stayed away from the food a day at a time. I got a sponsor who 
I felt she was so obnoxious because she was so tearful every morning. And she would, you know, greet me with a smile and a this. And, you know, deep in my heart, that's what I wanted, but I didn't know it. And ultimately, she had problems, but I kept coming back. And this program has transformed my life. Uh, I realized today my life is about being of service. I do it through my work. Um, I do it when I cross the street. I do it in trying to support my son. Uh, I do it if I, you know, I really don't care anymore if people, you know, know about my weight gain. I, I won't be inappropriate, but if I can help someone, I usually share where I was at. So it's wonderful. I was supposed to go to a face-to-face meeting this morning, but it was, I haven't done so many OA phone meetings. But I love the intensity and the commitment that I hear on these phone meetings, and thank you for all the great service that I hear. Thank you. Thank you, Helene S. And Lynn S., please share. Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto. This paragraph is really speaking to me. That a new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living really works. And this design for living isn't something that we figured out. It's something that came directly to Bill and Bob and the first others from God. It's a God-given gift. And it's, what's, what's interesting, too, is it's a new life has been given us. But you have to work it. It's not just given to you and then off you go and isn't this wonderful. But I remember that sense of feeling reborn that I felt when I first came into program. And I did feel like I had a new life. I was on this broad high, very light. Uh, Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Somebody is is, uh, unmuted. Please, everybody, be mindful of that and mute your phone. Yes, Lynn S., please please continue. It was very light and freeing, but it didn't stop there. That was like a breath of fresh air, and that gave me the hope and and the joy. And, oh, I just remember the freedom. But then you have to work to keep going. And that's what I, I think I lost. I think I got complacent, and I lost that. Being involved now with a vision for you, having my fellowship be a bunch of visionaries who, and it always amazes me, they are continually working the steps. It's not just something that you talk about and it's in your head and and you have a phone conversation and then you say, yeah, I, I see I'm being selfish there or something. It doesn't end just there. You follow the steps through. And that's something that I always lost. I would hang up the phone and I would feel great after one of those conversations. And that's as far as I took it. Hearing everybody continually, day after day on the line, all these recovered people talking about the action they are taking, I can't tell you the impression that it's made on me, the settling in of the work that we do, which is wonderful work and produces incredible results, that we are working the design for living that God gave us, and there is a solution. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Rakesh at C. 
And uh, I think we're going to move on. No, that that was Lynette, so Raquel and C is next. Oh, excuse me. I jump um, that's jumping the gun. <laughs> no problem. No. no problem. Go with it and you'll be the last share and and we'll move on. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for your service, Anita J. I'm Rakethet, recover compulsive overeater in California. And this this program has given me a design for living that I can live with, that I feel good about, that I am content in my soul to follow. And I got there by putting the food down and working the steps and continuing to work the steps. That's that's how I got Design for Living that's outlined in this book. And really, in the preface, they sum it all up. Design, you know, what our purpose is, is to be of help to others. Just be of help to others. That's my purpose. And I did grow up with Design of Living. Before I came to the program, I, I got my Design of Living from my parents, from my environment, from other people. And it was... It wasn't a good design for living. All I heard was, you need to be happy. You need to feel good. You have to feel good all the time. And if you lose weight, you'll feel good. If you buy a big, giant house, you'll feel good. If you buy a big car, you'll feel good. And there was no sense there of doing anything helpful for anyone that would help me feel good. And today, I don't have to feel good. I don't have to feel good all the time. That's not what my my design of living is about. You know, there are going to be times when I don't feel good. There are going to be times when I'm hungry for my next meal. And that's okay. That's okay. I don't have to think of only myself. And that was my design of living, being selfish and self-centered. That's what I was taught, and that's the impression I got. I was very impressionable. And that has now switched to 180 degrees. So I am so grateful for this program. It has given me it blessed me with, it has gifted me with a design for living that I am content with. I was never, ever content with the way I was living my life before, always unhappy, always feeling very uncomfortable inside myself. And now I know it was a soul sickness. I had a soul sickness. And I still do. I still need to work on it. I still have soul sickness, but not to the degree I had. And that's what this program gives me, is a continuing way to work and get better and better and better. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much for Kesset. And now we'll have Deb W. read the next paragraph, beginning with a distinguished American psychologist. Go ahead. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Deb W. recovered from Oklahoma. The distinguished American psychologist, William James, in his book, Varieties of a Religious Experience, it indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among over such matters. And so what where I can identify in on this paragraph is 
uh, where we we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. Um, My relationship with God, the God that I knew existed, and the religion that I practiced is different than the spirit that healed the problem that I have when I came into these rooms. Um, when I came into these rooms, that my fellow members who went before me, they guided me to this instruction in this textbook of how to work steps. And I had a problem that I could not fix. I was eating myself crazy, eating myself crazy. And, you know, my religion that I had, what I practiced and what I knew about God before I came into this room was not resolving that problem. And no matter what I tried to do on my own, I couldn't resolve that problem either. So walking through these steps that, you know, my fellow members pointed me to allowed me to access the spirit that was in me, the spirit that was outside of me, the the higher power that could come in and resolve a problem that I could not resolve. And what I found was also after the immediate problem, the compulsive eating was, you know, taken care of, the things that were behind the the problem that caused me to eat, the things that were my innermost secrets and my innermost, um, you know, anger and resentment and defeat and all of those things were exposed through these steps. Little by little as I walked through the steps, I gained the willingness to be open to another person and God about things that I had not opened up for years and years, about people whose I felt like I damaged our relationship or they caused a hurt that could never be repaired. And as I walked through these steps, I also became more willing, just like the reprieve we have as we're going through the steps that allows us to stay out of the food, then the healing that is even better than the reprieve, I got a reprieve uh, in my spirit that gave me the strength to look at the worst things and to, to bring them out of the dark and to lay them out on the table and then to give them to God and then to let them go. And as I continue... I continue to find other things inside of me, other habits, other uh, ways of thinking that cause me to stay stuck. And so these are the things that I understand this means, this relationship that I have formed, and now, and I'll pass it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Deb. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Nancy Oliver. Lay M. Oh, wait a minute. I heard Leah M, but there were at least three before. Nancy Ara. Nancy Ara. Sarah W. And there was one other person. Was that Larry? Yeah. Okay. 
different. Let's go with uh, Larry, Nancy R, Sarah, and Leah M. Go ahead, Larry. Hello? Larry, are you there? I must be hearing things. Nancy. Nancy R., why don't you start? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I'm Nancy R. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, uh, the reading, the part of the reading that really struck me, uh, we don't have a monopoly on recovery, but it's the only thing that's worked for me. It is the only thing that's worked for me. And um, I'm so grateful that I came into these rooms and that I was led to visions for you. I've been in OA for a, a long time. And uh, when I was fortunate enough to get a vision for you sponsor, I was led to the ultimate goal of this program, and that is to recover. But um, I was raised in a very religious environment. And uh, for for a long time, I, I just rejected it. But this program has shown, has helped, has really helped reconcile me to my uh, religious tenets. It has in, reinforced them. There is no contradiction. It has brought me uh, into a relationship with God that I never would have found just going to church every Sunday uh, and the other spiritual disciplines that I practice. I never would have developed a close relationship that I have with God that I treasure because it is that relationship that enables me to live the life that I always wanted, um, you know, the, the, a design for living, as we just shared, that enables me to deal with the uh, vicissitudes of life. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, Nancy. And Sarah W., it is your turn. Thank you very much for your service today, Anita J. Uh, my name is Sarah W. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, it's a, it's really a fabulous paragraph. I really um, feel it's such an important piece of uh, of our program. Um, we have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. I know for me, uh, when people come um, uh, very... Um, militantly at me with the program, it, it really leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and what I really realize is the people that really live it are people that don't. People that just, um, you know, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one, I guess, comes into my mind. You know, how we live is, is how people are going to want to have what we have. And I, I love the fact that Bill um, is so all-inclusive. And, um, you know, on page 46, uh, one of my favorite lines is, to us the realm of spirit is broad and roomy and all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. I, I think Bill was uh, <laughs> really genius, and, and the spirit obviously was in him when he wrote this because um, – had this not been here the way it is in the agnostic chapter, Ebby, Ebby Thatcher, that, you know, we could find our own higher power, 
and that we don't judge other people that are walking a different walk completely than us, that this is our walk, uh, and that I need to really be be very conscientious about the fact that I, I don't want to have judgment of others, that I don't know what's best for anyone at all. And so um, I, I love that it says that, um, you know, it's all about forming a relationship uh, on simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And I think it, it brings me back to the set-aside prayer, brings me back to just being open to whatever that is, but it really does... For me, what I realized today is that a relationship takes time, whether it be in my, uh, with a child, with a friend, and especially with a higher power. If we're going to have a relationship with a higher power, we've got to spend time. And that doesn't mean it needs to be like in a meditative state, but I need to always remember that I'm not alone. When I feel afraid or anxious, I can just have that little God wink moment that I say, you know, God, I need you. And I feel that God is with me at that point. Very grateful for the program. And I'm very grateful for a vision for you. But it's not the meetings I make. It's the steps I take. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah W. And Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you. Thanks so much. There's a lot in this paragraph. Very, very beautiful. I mean, one thing I notice when I read this paragraph is, is how the text is written in such a spirit of accommodation. You know, that uh, since uh, God, our higher power, resides within each and every one of us equally, we all, uh, you know, every newcomer on the line, we all presumably have the same spiritual potential, the same potential to be freed uh, from the merciless obsession and freed to a life that's, you know, happy, joyous, and free, that, that's a new life, that offers us a design for living that's meaningful and useful, and that freedom isn't free. You know, there is a price to be paid for freedom, and that is the, the implementation of these steps and a relationship. The solution in this paragraph is not to stop drinking. The solution is to have a relationship with a spirit which will remove the problem. So it's through that relationship, they're making it very clear here, it's through that relationship with a higher power of each and every one of us individual understanding that we experience a lifting of the merciless obsession. Because remember, <laughs> the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against that first drink, or in our case, the first bite, and that defense must come from a higher power, from a relationship with power. So it's not dependent on people, it's dependent upon a relationship with power. And you know, when it says whatever our race, creed, or color, I mean, again, that is a message of hope for each and every person on the line because like pieces of a mosaic, when put together, we form a beautiful picture of hope and possibility. Um, who is this written by? As the pre previous paragraph also mentions, we. Who is we? We are people who are recovered and people in whom the problem has been solved. This was written from experience, not intellectual accumulation. This is an experience. The merciless obsession has been driven out of them because they applied the 12 steps in proper sequence while sober the entire time. 
And as a result of that process, the obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of the disease, has been driven out. So what's the solution? The solution is not material. It's not physical. It's not human. It's in the fourth dimension. It's in the world of the spirit. Because as the text says, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So that, you know, this is... (laughs) Definitely a message of hope and possibility. Religion, perhaps, is a mechanism that points the way to God, but spirituality through the 12 steps it offer, you know, offers an opportunity with, uh, of a relationship with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leah M. Now, we've come to the end of this first hour. I want to thank everybody who shared. I want to thank my readers. I want to thank... Uh, for the opportunity to be your leader. My world opened up uh, two years ago. My last compulsive bite was on the 3rd of February, and that isn't even the important date. That's going to come in a couple more months when I became recovered. Everybody has this opportunity here. Now I'd like to say to uh, invite you all for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will um, Naomi B. please read a vision for you? I mean, Julie R., forgive me. Hi, this is Julie R., <laughs> Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.